Hey, 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 it's me, Coach Tamika James, and we are here with another episode of Entrepreneurs Speak. Today, I have CEO Mo in the building. All right, I'm so excited to have you here today. So, I have a question for you. Are we using your government name here, or are we just going with your IG name? Honestly, we could do either or. You know, it's funny because most people really know me by Mo. Most people. It's funny how a lot of people don't know me by my real name, which is really funny. But yes, we can do either or. All right, let's go ahead and tell them your real name, and then we're going to let them know how they get in touch with you as well. Okay. So my real name is Mamadou Kibi. So really, as you can tell, um, it's a foreign name. <laughs> I'm from <laughs> West Africa. Oh. I um, was born in Senegal, mm-hmm. um, but grew up in Michigan. And... Um, my Instagram handle, which is really what I use most of the time, um, it is CEO Mo underscore no chill. All and right. that's how you can find me on Instagram. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to make sure that is on the screen so they can make sure they follow you and stay connected. So what I like to do when I get started with my interviews is to get my guests to tell the audience a little about yourself. Like what are the few things that you really want people to know about who you are and what you do before I jump in? Okay, cool. Well, well, I guess I should start with saying that <laughs> I do quite a few different things, but my main thing is uh, rental cars. It all started out with Toro. And um, I want to say the average person, when it comes to rental cars, that's where you really want to start with because, you know, you're putting your vehicle on the platform and then you don't even have to go get the customers. They'll find the customers for you and you're pretty much just going to sit back and get paid long as you can deliver your vehicles on time and maintain good customer service so that's how i started and um, now i'm also doing a little bit of um, private booking which is just dealing with the clients privately rather than just waiting for Toro to find me my own customers so yeah that's what i that's what i do oh i love it we are we are going to get into that private thing because a lot of people know about Toro, but they're not really well versed when it comes down to being able to put your own car out there, rent it out yourself. So I'm going to ask you to give us a few tips on that tonight because I know the people want to know. They want to know where the the real money is. And I remember having a conversation with you, and you were telling me where the real money um, actually was. So yeah, we're gonna talk about the, we're gonna be talking about that. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Yes, ma'am, absolutely. So let's get started with you are in the rental car game, but where did where did this start? Like, okay, tell me what happened. Like, how did you find out about this thing? Like, what was the revelation? And yeah, and then like you had a job before? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. Okay, so let's really go from where it really all started okay first of all i've been working at a um i've been working on cars since i was 16 years old by the way i'm 33 i just turned 33 in uh, october level so a few days ago Um, happy late birthday thank you thank you thank you so yes um i've been working on cars since i was 16 years old and um that's when i kind of figured that i wanted to be quote unquote mechanic and again being from michigan really the average person really you want to um, go to school and work in the car industry because that's what we do here in Michigan. We're a motor city, so we make a, you know, we, we got Ford and GM and all of that. This, this is where we make the vehicles at. So the average person wants to just go work at Ford or Chrysler or GM. That's like the ideal job if you're from Michigan, to be honest. Um, so I've always worked on cars, and then, um, but I also always had this whole entrepreneurship mindset as well because I never really always focused on my main job. I've always uh, sold cars on the side. I mean, I went from selling cell phones, selling tires, while still keeping a job, you know what I mean? So yes, I've always done stuff like that, but um, um, a few months ago, actually, to be exact, last, no, last October of 2020 is when I had decided that I wanted to basically um, try to get away from my job and just work for myself. But um, before I quit, I used to work as a service advisor, okay? So working at that dealership, I was there for eight years. I started from being a mechanic, worked my way up to, from being the car mechanic to just um, being a service advisor. So I kind of worked my way up from touching the cars to not touching the cars at all. Mm -hmm. So I I was just there with customers, which was kind of a nightmare. That job was, it pays really good, but oh my God, it's a, 
it's a terrible job. What part that. was the nightmare? Was it the being a mechanic or being the uh, service advisor? Yes. Hey, it seems like the um, the voice has gotten really weird. Can you hear me correctly? Yeah, I can hear you good. I can barely hear you. It sounds like um, it's like it's breaking up. Like I, you sound like a robot. I don't know, but I hear you, and it's coming over well on this side. Okay, it looks like we're good then. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep, there we go. Now I cleared up. I don't know what just happened. But yeah. either way, I was a service advisor. Um, and then, and being a service advisor, just in case anybody don't know uh, what it is, I'm the, I was the person that when you come into the dealership and you have an issue, I'm the guy that you're going to talk to and tell me what's wrong with your vehicle. I'll type it up in the computer and be able to deal with the uh, technician. So I'll be the middle guy that's going to be reporting back to you and let you know what's going on with your vehicle and basically sell to you what repairs may need to be done. So you can only imagine a job like that. You're dealing with kind of angry customers all the time because yeah, people, people come waiting in. for their cars too long. I remember you and your job, not you personally, but I remember the service advisors when I took my car. Mm-hmm. There we go. There we go. <laughs> it's a super stressful job. So I was doing that and I was making really good money, but it was super stressful. I didn't like um, every time I get off work, I, I literally would go home talking about what happened at work because every single day is something new. So that was really stressing me out. And um, at the time I was married to, so me and my ex-wife, she used to always tell me that I should just work for myself because she's seen what I what I was able to do, mm-hmm. you know, out of work, which means uh, I used to buy and sell cars. I still do, but not as much as I used to. And I, I could literally buy any car and sell it. So first, let me go back a little bit. Um, I've owned a little over 200 cars. Goodness and gracious, I, wait a minute. Did you say 20 or 200? 200. I'm sure it's well over that, but let's just say 200. Because like I said, I, I, I always like to buy cars and sell it. I'm also the type of person that do not, I get tired of cars really fast. So I'll have a car and just in a year, cars that I actually keep to myself, in a year I'll have easily 10 to 15 cars. Now, if I add the cars that I'm selling, Oh, it's well over that. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm able to say that I've owned over 200 cars. So um, people around me have always seen me being the guy that would be the hustler, just buying cars and selling. In fact, when I used to work at the dealership, I used to sell more cars than the used car lot. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yes. Yes. And, and it was really funny because uh, my managers and the service managers, they used to always be like, Oh man, I can't wait for you to start your own dealership because I know you will eventually because we see how many cars you sell. Like you're pushing more cars than the actual dealership is. I'm like, yeah, I know. But um, so after doing all that for years, you know, um, um, October of uh, 2020, October 11th, which is my birthday, um, me and my ex-wife went to Texas. We went to Texas for my birthday and we got to meet, meet up with one of my friends that is an entrepreneur as well. And it's funny because he's one of those people. I helped him quit his job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a car guy, you know, so I, I've, I've, I love sports cars. I love taking cars and modifying them and just, you know, do a little street racing. That's what I used to do. So in the car community out here, a lot of people know me. So he was one of the guys that worked on one of my cars. And when he did, I kind of put his name out there. I didn't kind of, I did. So when I put his name out there, he just blew up. I mean, I'm talking about in a matter of months, this dude blew up and he was able to quit his job that he worked. He was there for like eight years. And it's funny because after he quit his job, I want to say a few months later is when he kind of came and just told me like, man, you know, you were my first customer, right? I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah. So after you started giving me shout outs, that's when things just blew up. I was like, that's what's up. So anyhow, me and him became really good friends. So last year when I, on my birthday, when I went to meet up with him, me and my ex-wife were talking to him and you know, we were super excited to talk to him because I'm like, he's the only entrepreneur that I really know. Somebody that actually walked away from their job and they're working for themselves and he's doing really well. Mm-hmm. So I used to look up to him. So when we were talking to him, it was kind of like, it was almost like a job interview type thing. Cause it's like, I was pitching to him, you know, that I really need to be able, I need to walk away from my job. It's like, I was trying to get some type of confirmation from him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So after the conversation, you know, it was just like, you know what? I think I'm gonna do this. So on my way back home from, um, cause we were in Dallas, but he was in Houston. So from Dallas to Houston is a four hour road trip. Mm-hmm. So on the drive back to Houston, uh, to Dallas, that's when me and my ex-wife were talking and I was just like, you know what? I think I want to do this. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I think I'm going to just quit. 
She's like, you're going to quit your job? I was like, yeah, because you know what? I was like, I'm not going to actually quit, quit. What I'm going to do is, since I used to work five to six days a week, what I'm going to do is, as soon as I get back, I'll tell my boss that I'm going to demote myself. She goes, what do you mean? I'm like, well, what I mean is I'm not going to really quit my job, but I know what I'm planning on doing, which is working part-time as a service advisor. You cannot work part-time. Oh. Okay. So yeah. And I, but I knew after working there for so long, they would probably try to work around what I'm planning on doing, but I was like, I just didn't want them to feel like they're, they're going to do me favors or anything like that. Like, so let's just cut straight to the point. I, I w- went back to work. I told my boss, I'm like, listen, starting next month, I'm going to only work three days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He goes, what? I'm like, yes. So with that being said, three days a week, you guys got me. And I know I can't be an advisor doing that. So I'm going to go back in the shop. That way I can have some shop time. But it was all like strategic. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I was like, okay, I'm going to work three days a week. Yes, I'm going to make way less money because at the shop, I'm only working three days and I'm going to be getting paid hourly. So I'm like really demoting myself. One for making some month because uh, as an advisor, you get paid commission. So I was making up anywhere from five to seven. Five to seven k a month. I took a <laughs> a pay cut down to twelve hundred dollars a month. Ooh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Geez. So, but <laughs> but I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that. So those three days a week, you guys got me. But I'm still gonna be buying and selling cars because that's what I'm good at, anyways. I'm really good at doing that. So those three days I'm working there, I have shop time, which means when I buy vehicles, I have time to take them in the shop and do what I got to do with them, do a qu- quick turnaround to sell them. But then the four days of the week, that's when I'm going to try to find cars to buy and sell or just try to figure out my life, period. Mm Because at this point, it was like, I'm trying to quit, but I don't really have a plan. He's just like, I need to quit, though. You know, it sounds like you did have some type of a plan, though, even though it didn't feel like a full plan. It's like, okay, yeah, the cars like I'm like, I I know I I know cars, so I know I'm not going to go broke. No matter what, I would be able to find a car to buy and sell and flip real quick. You know what I mean? But deep inside, I don't. It's not something that I really love doing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things I'm good at it. Okay. But I don't really love it, you know. Um, so I did that. So while doing it, now I'm just trying to also f- find my way, trying to figure out, you know, what to do. Mm-hmm. So again, this is in October. So November 1st is when I change my hours. So now I'm back working part time and I'm back in the shop and so on and so on and so on. End of November is when. Uh, my ex-wife decided that she wanted to leave. Mm. So basically a few weeks after me deciding to walk away from my job is when she decided to leave. Wow. So, wait, wait. So you're telling me that you have this one life change that you're, that you're planning for and then a whole new life change just interjects into oof. the picture. Absolutely. Yes. <sighs> yes. It was, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy. It was really crazy because it was just like, like just something just boom fell on me. And it's like, what am I supposed to do now? So, all right, now I got this big thing happening in my life. I really need to adjust to everything because I was married for eight years. We're, we're together for a total of 10 years. So wow. when that happened, it was like, I could, you could only imagine. So mm-hmm. I didn't really know what to do with myself, but I just knew at the end of the day, I'm trying to do something with my life and I have to. And I'm like, I'm not going back to the job. I'm still working at the dealership for three days a week and no one really knows what's going on with my life because I'm, I'm a private person. Yeah. So while I was going through all that, nobody had no idea. I was still showing up to work, doing what I have to do and just going home. But nobody had an idea that I was going through whatever I was going through. So um, mid-December is the first time I actually purchased the course, which was the mobile home elite. I purchased their course. And uh, I don't know if you ever bought their course or heard of them. That's a really long course. I mean, long. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I went through that course in three days. Busted that sucker out. Three days. Okay. Because, I, again, I was just so focused. And it was just like, you know, um, when the whole divorce hit me, I felt like I had nothing to lose at this point. Because I kind of, you know, at the time I felt like I lost the most important person in my life. And then, yeah. so now it's like, you know, I got to do what I got to do at this point. So whatever it is that I'm going to get into... It's going to work, period, because I have nothing to lose. So I'm going to put my 1,000% in this. And again, for any entrepreneurs that's watching this and you happen to go through the same thing that I go to, biggest piece of advice I could tell you is um, when you go through something like that, don't listen to anybody. Just listen to yourself. It's going to be hard. It sucks. But life goes on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when something happens in your life, it's no accident. Just remember that. 
Yeah, and thanks you, for saying you, that. Absolutely. It, it's no accident. You know, we all be heard about certain things that we may lose or whatnot, but at the end of the day, it 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 just, you know, everything happens for a reason. So if it happens, you know, you just got to get with the program. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to grieve, you know, but you just can't stay there too long. You got to get up and move on. Well, thanks so. for sharing that again. And, um, you know, we share that kind of that same thing, not your exact story. But when I got to the point of divorce as well, I was really grateful that I did love my work. And I just did more work and not that I was just throwing myself into it, but I had something that I could lean on and put my energy into and not really like sink into serious depression. You know, even though there was some depression, I don't know how you felt, but a lot of people don't like to admit to that. But is depression is real and it really oh, yeah. is present, even if you can show up looking like not what you've been through you know mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely yep. absolutely and that was that was the biggest thing for me too i don't know maybe i'm different but i'm one of those people i i i feel like i did go through depression for a little bit mind mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. while everything was happening i mean i'm barely talking to anybody i was just focused yeah. i was just focused so i wasn't talking about what's going on i was just sitting there just doing my thing some people i disappeared on a lot of people you know what i mean um i've had i mean i've had my days but at the end of the day my biggest thing was nobody's about to sit here and look at me and say, oh, my God, she left and he's all messed up. Right. No, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> I can keep that inside. But outside, y'all going to see I'm doing good. Yeah. So that's, And that's what I did. So I just kind of focused on myself and just kept on getting education. So, again, this is in December. I bought the first course. I went through it um, while I was still working at the dealership the three days a week. So what I ended up doing was I'm working at the dealership three days a week, the four days a week. At that time, you know, being in Michigan around December and stuff, our winters are brutal, so it snows a lot. Finding cars, you can still find them, but in the wintertime, it's a bit, you know, it's a slower time, so finding cars won't be the greatest. But again, I know myself, I'm not afraid to work, so mm -hmm. I started doing Grubhub at the same time. So now I'm delivering food and just going through these courses <laughs> and just listening to inspirational videos, motivational videos. That's what I was doing every single day okay. while, while still trying to find my way because, again, I still didn't know what it, what exactly I am going to do. Mm -hmm. So after going through the mobile home stuff, then I realized it's not really my thing. Okay. So I kept on digging, trying to figure out what it is that I'm going to do. In the meantime, still, of course, I got bills, you know what I mean? So I'm still doing Grubhub, just trying to find my way. Then my older brother, you know, God bless his heart, seriously, he's... <laughs> He's, I want to say he's really the reason why I became what I am right now. He wow. definitely has a lot to do with it. Because, Shout out to brother. Yes, he really. And he's crazy, too, because he's all the way in Paris. Huh? He lives in Paris, <laughs> literally. So he's all the way in Paris, and he always keeps tabs on me and stuff like that. It's because he's seen what I have what I was able to do over the years. So he's always seen um, more of what I can do than what I actually saw on myself. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So yeah. even my ex-wife. To be honest, she used to always say, you can do great things. It's like everybody around me seen what I was able, capable of doing, but I didn't really see it. You know what I mean? Like I seen it, but I didn't really believe it. How about that? That's the actual word for it. I didn't believe it, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I told him I quit my job, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm working less time, so on and so on, trying to figure it out. That's when he started hitting me up with uh, M500, you know? So... That's really when everything Wait, how, he he's in Paris. How does he find him 500? Of course, online, <laughs> but... So the story with him is uh, he used to live in the United States, right? He lived here for many years, and then he moved to Paris. Okay. When he moved to Paris, it was kind of one of those, like, he wanted to come back or whatnot. But either way, he always kept tabs on what's going on in the U.S. And he always felt like I would be a great entrepreneur because he always felt like I had it in me anyways. And again, yeah, I don't even know how you found him 500 and stuff. Like, I really don't know. So I just remember I'm sitting at home and he's just sending me messages through IG. He was like, hey, you should check him out. Sometimes I look at him. Most of the time I didn't. Not going to mm -hmm. lie. Most okay. of the time I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I'm not really interested. You know what I mean? So he's sending me the stuff over and over again. Then one time, that one time, which I'm glad I did, I looked at the video. I'm like, huh, this seems really interesting. Okay. And I kept watching, kept watching. And of course, then you start to get interested and you start digging more and more and more. Mm -hmm. So now I went to him 500 um, Instagram. I started watching all his stuff. I'm like, oof, okay, this is crazy. You know what I mean? This is this is crazy. Um, again, I wasn't a believer of buying courses. I never believed in stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, and it's like, it's so sad too, because the courses that you buy will give you way more information that 
than school ever ever does. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because most of us, we are quick to go pay school a lot of money to have it to trust a teacher that's going to teach us something that they've never done. Mm. Oh, that's you know? powerful. That that's powerful and real. <sighs> Mm-hmm. And they say yeah. some teachers are teaching things that they failed at. There we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> See, the teacher is just just teaching you something that he's never done before, and you're still gonna trust them and pay them all this money that's gonna right. put you in debt just so you can go be somebody's employee. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. Wait. So now let me ask you a question. So when yeah. it came to him, five hundred. I, I know about him, and I know what his course is about. The original part of the course. There's other things, but what attracted you to his course, especially for the fact that there are several reasons to get into his course? Where was your attraction? Um, my attraction was the fact that about about credit, because I never knew anything about credit. I just knew I had bad credit. Okay. That's it. I never understood how credit worked. I didn't know anything about it. You know what I mean? So it was um, a my credit is not good. I'm gonna hang around and learn something about my credit, or I want to fix other people's. Which one was it? I didn't want to fix. I don't want to fix people's credit. That's okay. one thing. I, um, credit repair is too tedious for me. I understand it. I know how to do it, but I don't want to do it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just a little too tedious for me. But for me, it was more so. Let me get this knowledge and everything. Like, cause I read what he offered, and when I read it, everything just sounded really good. But the number one thing was, I'm going to understand how to fix my credit, and he's going to teach me how to leverage my credit, which is super important. So it was just like it was a no-brainer for me. Um, but again, the price tag was still like, Phew, I've never spent this kind of money on any anyone. You know what I mean? It was more so um, I'll spend that kind of money on cars because, like I said, I am I am a car guy. So I'm the type of person that'll take four thousand dollars and put buy some type of modification for my own car. That's something that I've done multiple times. So it wasn't no big deal. But just buying a course, it was like, Oof, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. This better be good. But anyhow, I bought into Recession Proof January 5th, to be exact. And that was the best decision I've ever done. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. because after I purchased the course, I started going through the stuff, started learning the stuff. Everything was just kind of make it was just making sense. Then uh, take it one step further. A month later, my brother again comes up out of nowhere. He finds out about Pushman Mitch. And that's how I got into the so uh, okay. for anybody that don't know about Pushman Mitch, he he's he's like one of the biggest rental car guys in the, when it comes to uh, renting cars, and he's huge huge in Atlanta and a few other states. But yeah, and I didn't know he was that tall. Me neither until I met him. Oh my gosh, I met him in person. I was like, wait a minute, because yeah, every time yeah. he would be on video, he'd just be sitting there, and I was like, you gotta be. When I saw him in person, I was like, no way that you're over six feet tall. Mm -hmm. oh my gosh Mm -hmm. well all right so um he's tall you met him you learned about him now i'm surprised that you didn't get any of this in him 500s course because was it later on down the line he started in like bringing that in that was later okay okay because again this is back. this is all in the beginning of this year you know beginning of 2020 you know what i mean so i'm sorry 2021 so um um, February is, um, end of January is when I found out about Mitch, but I bought his course, like, I want to say mid-February, okay? Bought his course, and then went through it real fast, and bought my first car two weeks later. When I bought the first car two weeks later, just to see what this is all about, because it was like, okay, this sounds really good, and I'm like, it would make sense, I'm a car guy, so doing rental cars, it would just, oof, right. this, this, this will be a plug-and-play for me, yeah. you know, it's super, it's going to be awesome. So I bought the first vehicle. I posted it on a um, um, on a platform called oh, Hire Car. Mm-hmm. Hire Car is a website that you post your vehicle, and Hire Car targets people that are trying to use your vehicle for work, whether it is use it for Grubhub, Uber, Lyft, any of that stuff. Okay. People will go in there, rent your vehicle, and just keep it for a while. Mitch was preaching getting economy vehicle vehicles which is just like toyota uh camrys um honda accords you know just those smaller vehicles Mm -hmm. he always preached to start with something like that which i do as well and i bought a 2013 nissan ultima i put it on hire car an hour later somebody booked it (laughs) yes 
<sighs> yeah, literally an hour later, I was like, oof, this is crazy. Okay, all right. Then the guy picks it up, keeps it for two weeks. I'm like, okay, this is crazy. All right, I see this. But again, I'm one of those people, um, when I see something works, I'm going all the way in at this point. Mm-hmm. Soon as the car got booked an hour later, I was shopping for the other car. At that point, I was out. Oh, I'm sold. This is it. You know, this, this makes sense because I'm I'm seeing what it's if it's working. So, bought the first vehicle. It was gone for two weeks, and then came back, stayed with me for two days. Somebody else booked it. It was gone for another three weeks. I was like, oh my god, this wow. is crazy. I really need to have another car. So I want to say about a month later is when I bought my second vehicle, and then. Another three weeks later, I bought my third vehicle, and it's been history since then. Just been adding and adding and adding. And, yep, that's how I wow. Okay, so you don't have the job at at all at this point. So you finally completely left? Mm Mm-hmm. So in March is when I quit. Okay. March is when I finally walked away. It was, and it was, and when I was walking away, too, I only had two cars on the road at the time. Only had two cars. You know, and they were very consistent going, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, I know myself. Again, I'm not afraid to put in the work. Mm-hmm. So while my cars were working, on days that I'm not going to look for other cars, I'm I'm out here delivering food. I was doing Grubhub and everything. So I didn't care. I was just now, like, you know, how I got to make sure I pay the bills. How much do you remember those two cars generating? <sighs> okay, um, they were bringing roughly about 220 to 240 a week. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, all right. Um, so that's eight, um, about not a little over 900. Uh-huh. One of them was bringing 840 a month. The other one was bringing 920 a month. Wow. And mind you, I bought these cars, um, <laughs> 3,500 bucks and the other one I paid 3,900 bucks for it. Okay. So you got the side thing driving. So that's enough income to do whatever. These mm-hmm. cars are generating the rest of the income. So that's what actually showed you to just get out of that job. Just yeah, absolutely. Leave. I saw, I saw okay. what it was, um, what he was doing. And my biggest thing was, I'm like, okay, if I stay at this job, I got to keep asking for a lunch break so I can go meet with, meet up with my customers. Yeah. And I have to keep, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I may miss, miss out on an opportunity because of the job. I thought about all of it. I'm like, you know what? It makes sense for me to come out of losses right now and just leave. Because if I do leave and I start doing Grubhub or whatever full time, that I can stop whenever I need to, to go meet up with my customers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't have to ask for anyone permission to do that. So that was just like, you know what? I need to go because I'm making more money doing that anyways. So yeah. I was just like, yeah, let me go ahead and do that. But you know what? That's what I love about entrepreneurship. There is no one to answer to, but me, no one. And I, I really enjoy that. So I know that that was like a freeing feeling to you that you could just go do what you had to do. And like you said, not have to ask someone for permission like so people who are listening who are interested in becoming an entrepreneur i hope that uh, you guys are are able to hear that this is something that you don't have to go through anymore you don't have to ask for permission so whoo all right so now um let's stop getting so mushy here so we are at two cars at like the one month mark or so then you get to when do you get to like four cars? How long after that? Okay, so um, I got to my third vehicle right before April, because mm-hmm. in the beginning of April, because uh, I went to my first conference ever um, when I went to Miami with Recession Proof. I was super excited about that. Right before I went, that's when I bought my third vehicle, which was a 2014 um, Kia Optima Hybrid, which is one of my top best earners out mm-hmm. there okay. that thing just people love it so i bought that vehicle and while getting all the paperwork ready and stuff like that that's when it was around the time where we were going to um miami for the recession proof um conference so i waited till i came back home to actually have it go live on um Toro. it was already listed but i had snoozed it until i came back so i can have it go live to see how it does okay Soon as I came back, I put that car on live. Like I just kind of hit live. When I tell you that car was booked, pretty much it's still booked all the way till end of November. Yeah. Oh wow! So this is like you're just hitting buttons and making magic happen. My goodness! Wow. Yep. Yep. 
So, so I think I met first, you around the time when you had like four cars or so. Yep. Yep. You met me. Yeah. At the time I had four vehicles. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a little bit after April, I want to say that's when I, I guess when I came back, yeah, when I came back, that's when I bought the fourth vehicle. Because at this point, you know, I'm seeing the money they're bringing in. And the way I was doing it was um, I wasn't spending the money that was coming in. Uh, that's foolish. I was taking the same exact money, buying back cars. Okay. Now, a lot of people get into this rental car game in multiple different ways. You can go get, use your credit to go get the vehicles. But for me, I had a decent amount of cash laying around, but it was all because I, again, I'm a car guy, so I used to have some expensive sports cars. So when I decided to go into this, I just basically sacrificed all my cars, got rid of all. Took that money and then started buying um, cash vehicles with that money. So wait, okay. Why'd you get rid of the sports vehicles instead of putting those on the platform? Was it, tell me, I mean, you got cars that you're selling. So tell Mm -hmm. us. Why get rid? You're in a car game. Why'd you get rid of a car to get another car to put the car in a platform? Please help. Okay. Now, for, first of all, that sports cars I'm, I used to have, they're manual transmission vehicles. That's number one, which is they're not automatics, they're manual transmission. That's number one. Number two, those cars are worth about 20 grand. So let's say, even if, if it was an automatic and I decided to post it on, uh, uh, on Toro or whatever. That's one car that's going to generate one income. But if I take that 20 grand, I can get four or $5,000 cars and I have four different payments. Yes, okay. Thank you for clarifying because I'm sure the listeners are like wondering the same thing. I'm thinking like, why? Because I'm thinking that the sports car is going to generate some really good income, but you just told us exactly why. Okay, what a strategy. Oh my goodness. Absolutely, because you got to make it make sense because um, just like how I get a lot of people that still message me and my DMs be blowing up, people always asking me questions and it's always really the same question. Um, a lot of people try to get into this rental car, car game, in my opinion, for the wrong reasons. And the wrong reasons are you're trying to buy these, you're trying to buy a car for yourself. You're not buying the car to make money. Mm-hmm. Let me repeat that. A lot okay. of people buy these cars Someone for themselves because... Okay, let's say, for example, I come into this game, I'm watching Pushman mention all these influencers that are telling you how they're driving their dream cars for free. They didn't just start driving their dream cars for free. They worked their way up to get there. Now, a lot of people hear that, and they're like, oh my God, so you mean to tell me I can just go get my dream car and drive for free? Yes and no. Yes, meaning, yes, the vehicle might get booked here and there, but what happens when it slows down, which it will slow down. Not every, not every day you're going to find somebody that's going to um, rent your Mercedes-Benz or whatever it is that your dream car may be. But if you get these economy vehicles, you start with that. The average person is who you want, who your client, customers are going to be, which are the people that are flying in in town that just needs a car to get around, or just mm-hmm. your neighbor that may have a car that's sitting in the shop. Mm-hmm. So those are the people that you want to cater to. That's where the real money is at, and that's going to be very consistent. Rather than a vehicle that costs that maybe a two or three hundred dollars a day, that car is not going to go out every day. But a car that's like forty-five to fifty-five bucks a day, that thing will be gone all the time. So that's why I always tell people: make sure you start with these economic vehicles and just make it make sense. And that's exactly what I did. I had a total of five economic vehicles that I bought cash. Again, not everyone will have the cash, but even if you don't. You can always talk to maybe maybe you have a family member, somebody that may have a car that's just laying around. Take that vehicle, you know, talk to them. Tell them, hey, this car is just, that's just sitting here collecting dust. What if I told you we can both make some money? Boom, you do like a 70-30 split or a 60-40, however you want to do it. Mm-hmm. You manage the vehicle, you have no overhead, and you both make some money. There's just multiple ways to get in the gap, but I feel like a lot of people do get in it the wrong way and the wrong the for the wrong reasons and the wrong reasons is usually because they're just trying to drive their dream car and that's how you end up getting stuck with a car note that you may have to come out of pocket to pay for yikes okay so i have these two questions um my first part of the question is so if you have a car that is a luxury car and you see that it's not going out what are give us some tips on what should you do if you're counting on the platform to rent it out and no one's rented it, what kind of things would you do to get that car moving? You can always try Craigslist. Go on Craigslist and make a listing there. You can also do um, Facebook Marketplace as well. 
that's also a great way to um, advertise your vehicle. But really the biggest ones that really work, go out there and shake some hands and talk to people. Hotels nearby. Okay. Hotels are the best ones. Go over there and talk to them. Buy some coffee for the people. I don't know, drinks, Starbucks cards. You want to talk to the people up front. Give them your business cards. If you don't have business cards, I would highly recommend to make some business cards because that's how people can reach you. Mm-hmm. Get your business card, right, with a QR code on your business card. Okay. That anybody scans it, it takes them straight to your tour account. That's just, you know, because unfortunately people want to do as just, you know, they don't want to do a lot of work. Few steps. Nobody yeah. wants to, yeah, nobody wants to type websites anymore. If you can just, if they can scan to get to your page, I'd recommend to get you some um, business cards with a QR code. That's super simple. You could do it yourself. Um, so yes, just go ahead and make relationships. Talk to um, hotels, um, even police stations, you know, body shops, um, body shops, police stations, hotels, strip clubs wow. you got a luxury strip clubs yeah, yeah, this is <laughs> go there and talk to them and leave your business cards there yeah you can absolutely get some customers that way that's how i move my vehicles and it works for me okay um does social media help any yes yes facebook marketplace in fact like my <laughs> my latest which is the bmw i8 i posted it on facebook marketplace two hours later i had 300 plus messages. I had to del- I had to take down the ad because people were blowing me up that much. I could I couldn't keep up with the demand. Wow. So Facebook Facebook Marketplace is an awesome place to do that. Um, you just got to be careful because if you do not have a business page, Facebook will block your account if you post it on Facebook Marketplace without um, because if you post it on Facebook Marketplace, you're putting it on the for sale part and. If you're selling a vehicle, it's kind of weird. If you're selling a vehicle, a vehicle on Facebook Marketplace, they'll let you do it for free. But if you're providing a service, which is renting a car, they will block your account. So you got to keep that in mind. So I just recommend to make sure you have a business Facebook page. That way you can post with no issues. Oh, my gosh. You are um, you have loads of information. So my next part of my part two of my question is. Where the heck do you put all of this information? Do you have a course? Is what is where else can they find this info? <sighs> okay, so after doing a lot of this, then you know, getting some knowledge and a lot of it is um, um, experience. I was I decided to build a course. The course is actually almost done. Like Woo-hoo. I want to say, it should be ready way before Black Friday, <laughs> but okay. um. It's almost done. I've been working on the course for for actually a while um, because I was like, you know what? All these things that I'm going through, I know I'm not going to be the first or the last person that's going to try to get into this rental car game. Everybody is trying to figure out their ways to do it. Um, Let me put this together and it should be able to help others because I made made some mistakes even after buying courses, which they did help me skip a lot of mistakes. But no matter what you're going to learn from the courses, a lot of it will also have to do with experience. Now the courses will save you a lot of trouble, but you will still have your own personal experience that you're gonna go to. So yes, I do have a course that is being built and it, it will be ready very soon. And then it'll have all the information that I know, everything that I've been through, and it'll break down a lot, pretty much everything I know. All right, so those mistakes are in there too. Absolutely. I love Absolutely. that because a lot of people build out courses and they're just sharing the generalized information, but like for real what about when this that and that happened like how did you actually deal with that i think people really need to know that because that's what gets people stuck they have this basic info and then they run into a wall and are not really sure how to get out of there so i'm glad to hear that your course has lots of information like that as well oh this is so good oh my goodness all right so um you have you're on a mission you're on a mission to do what? To take over where? <laughs> so I'm in Michigan, Metro Detroit area. My mission is to take over the whole Detroit, period. I want to be known as the person, when you, when you come to Detroit, I want to be the person that you're going to come to if you want to get a luxury vehicle. So that's exactly what my mission is, and I'm working really hard to make that happen, and it is going to happen. So Okay, so um, how many vehicles do you have now? Let's like... Fast forward just a little bit. We were just talking about up to four. So yeah. where are you now? I'm at 10 now. Ooh, hoo, hoo, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. 
Okay, wait, we need to slow down. You got your first car in, was it February you said? February, yes. February of 2021. It's, yes. it's still 2021, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of built the fleet super fast. The cash that I had laying on definitely helped. But of course, also having the information that I have, knowing how to leverage my credit, just completed the rest. So, yeah, you got to you gotta be able to um, get in the rooms to meet the right people so they can tell you some things that you were never thinking about. So mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that I'm able to do right now it's because I was able to be in the right rooms, meet the right people, hear the right information, hit the ground running, execute, and watch the results. All right, so you got into the right rooms. Uh, are you going to have your own room? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. absolutely. Please tell me yes. Please tell me yes. Yes, <sighs> ma'am. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, um, you you get into the rooms and then depending on how far you go and... Um, how much you actually want to help others, you build your own table, you know? So, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to see that. So I want to tell you when um, we we really met through the morning meetup and yeah. we met because there was another person that was actually in need. And I just want to kind of tell this story real quick. There was another guy that was on the morning meetup that was in need of the information in regards to the car rental game. And he was trying to find out like who can help him and how can we get together and get information. So I offered my services, which was just for me to just create a Zoom. And I, I had time, so I was like, I mean, I'm not in the rental game, but I got time and I know how to do Zoom and whatever. So I set it up and he was there and you showed up and you just started dropping game. like just naturally and it was kind of like it was your own conference at the time so i don't know how much public speaking you do but you were like spitting game for like an hour straight and i was like oh my gosh this guy really knows what he's talking about and i at that moment in time kind of forecasted i was like he is going very far he is definitely going to be the man in this game like i don't know if i ever told you that but I saw that back then. And I, I just really, I don't, I couldn't have told you that, did I? <laughs> I appreciate that. And honestly, you told me that recently. Oh, okay. Recently when we talked is when you told me that. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I remember the, I remember the Zoom call too. I really do. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was, I just told the people what I knew. And I told the people what I was going through. So it's like, hey, this is what I did. Boom, boom, boom. And mm-hmm. this is what I, what happened. This is what you look out for. And yeah. And yeah. turn out to. And it's, it's, it's also amazing to, it's also amazing how much you can change other people's lives and you never also know who's watching. Mm-hmm. And in my case, that's what kind of happened with me too, because I've always helped people. Mm-hmm. And ever since I got into this whole rental car game, just the whole, this whole entrepreneurship thing, because I was able to also learn how to build business credit, personal credit, how to set up LLCs. So I always give out information to people. And I guess while I'm doing it, I had other big hitters watching me mm-hmm. so now it got to a point i got access to pushman mitch business nice. builder bees mm-hmm. uh van taylor all these heavy hitters and they they talk to me like we talk mm-hmm. and it's all because they've been watching me while i was doing what i was doing not trying to get attention just trying to help people and just doing my thing and i guess they've seen the same thing you saw and then yeah they were they they reached out to me so mm-hmm. it was pretty cool yeah so uh just stay on that journey because i love your um authenticity your sincerity and just how you're just sharing what you know as you call it but it definitely is teaching and um people are watching and there are a lot of people that need exactly what you're doing so i just pray that you have nothing that gets in your way and if anything does arise that you just keep doing it the way that you did it before. You just dug in and you kept going. Absolutely. So, Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So you, you said you help people to build, um, to understand what it looks like to build their businesses. I think that that's really great information. Where do you share this information on a regular basis? Okay, so I share this information on my IG. I go on live a lot. And whenever I do go on live, I actually have a lot of great friends that get on the live with me and we mm-hmm. just spit out a bunch of information. Sometimes we kind of ask each other questions 
or sometimes we just ask the people in the comments to just have if they have any questions to just drop the questions and we'll ask answer them but yeah we give out a bunch of information in fact i save every single live on my ig if anybody goes on my ig right now i have enough information on there that can yes. tell you how to set up your llc mm -hmm. that can tell you how to set up the how to do the whole rental car game from start to finish literally you may have to go through some lives but yeah the information is there but they say, so. you know, the thing is to give it all away. And if a person wants to spend that much time with you and binge watch your stuff, then let them do it, you know? And they know, so at that point, they know exactly who has the information. And I think what most entrepreneurs should know who do what you do, because I do the same thing, so we're on the same page with that. I don't mind giving go. out info. What, what most entrepreneurs should understand is that when you do that, you're setting yourself up as the authority, whether that was the plan or not, that's what you're doing. And people get to know that you are the man with the information. So when something comes up, like if there's a speaking engagement or if someone needs you to um, be their private coach, whatever have you, they know who to reach. So there's more things that come from that, even when you're not planning for it. Now, um, so you have your course. Will you be doing any actual coaching? What What do you see with that? Well, like, will you be doing one on ones, or will you jump into your course, or or have like some type of live content that connects to them learning the course? What What What's 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 next? So, um, with my course, what I plan on doing is, um, I, I want to have like weekly calls, you know, for like the first four weeks. Okay. First four weeks, we'll we'll get on a Zoom call every week. Um, We'll pick one day out of the week where everybody will get on and we'll just talk. And um, I, I feel like it's super important because if we get on a, with Zoom calls, it's not like I'm getting on here to teach you guys. I'm getting on here to hear your experiences based on what you've done so far. Right. You know what I mean? And if we have a community, we can all help each other out. Because I've, I've gone through the same thing with mentorships, being on those coaching calls and stuff like that. It's really important to have those coaching calls because... Now you've got everybody in there and we all talk about our experiences. We're all talking about what happened because we each will have different experiences no matter what. Exactly. But guess what? Your experience can actually save somebody else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Something that you might have went through could save the next person. So I will absolutely do like about four weeks, you know, uh, coaching calls every week. We will all get on there. Like I said, I'm not necessarily on there to teach, but I'm on there so we can all talk and talk about our experience. And I also bring up my experiences, whatever I went through the week that I might have dealt with that was a nightmare or a good thing we, let's let's talk about it well speaking of that so i'm glad that um you are interested in having a community to to be supportive to everyone else and let them be supportive of each other and maybe some of them will get to know each other and be able to hold each other's hands but where i want to take you right now it is to a place where Every person I interview, I like to have you to tell us a bedtime story. Now, the bedtime story is kind of like the nightmare in a way. Uh, what is it that, tell us a story about something that happened in your business that you never want to happen again. So it was either something that really just happened that was bad, like maybe some type of experience or something that you did, wherever you want to take us, but something okay. nobody else should want to go through. I'll tell you guys a really good one, really good one. This is going to be a learning experience for people that are listening as well. So, oh my God. All right. So when I was purchasing the rest of my vehicles, I went to the dealership, built a relationship with them and purchased uh, three vehicles one day. Um, after I got the vehicles, everything was great. Again, I'm a mechanic. So I checked out the vehicle and everything checked out pretty well. But I still put the pretty much the best warranty you can get. Mm -hmm. That way, um, if anything happens, we're good. Um, so after I took the vehicles home, everything was good until a week later, one of them started acting up. So the first thing that happened, me being a car person, I'm like, okay, I can either take it to the dealership, but I'm not. Since I'm a mechanic myself, I'm going to diagnose it myself. And if it's a quick fix, I'll just fix it because I need the car to be back on the road because it had other bookings. Mm -hmm. So... I diagnosed the vehicle, found out what the issue was, but you know, with cars, anybody that works on cars will know that sometimes one issue, one problem could give you two different issues or sometimes more, but usually you want to go for the simple stuff first, hoping that it'll fix it. <laughs> so I did that. 
and then fix it. It's like, oh gosh, so now I have to really take it to the dealership because I have warranty. So long story short, took the car to, uh, called a couple of dealerships. Nobody could really get me in. Then I had to take it to an independent shop that would take the warranty that I have. After they diagnosed the car for like four days, which is normally not normal for that place because that place they're super good. So I was surprised I didn't get an answer the same day. So that's when it when it, when it led me to realize that oh man, whatever this is, it's obviously a big problem, mm-hmm. you know. So long story short, they calls they call me and tell me that they found out what the issue was. And that issue, it's um there's a service bulletin out by Kia saying that this issue is a common issue. So it will be covered under the powertrain warranty, right? Now, this is a tip for people to know. If you go to a dealership, you buy a used vehicle, which means you're not the original owner and the car is under is supposed to be still under powertrain warranty, you don't have no warranty. What? Let me repeat that. <laughs> what? Let me repeat that. If you go buy a vehicle at a dealership, let's say the vehicle has 30,000 miles, right? And the factory warranty expires at 70 or 100,000, especially for Kias, it expires at 100,000 miles. If you are not the original owner, the 100,000 miles does not apply to you unless you buy extended warranty. But if you do not, that 100,000 miles does not apply to you. I know that because I was a service advisor. No, we can't do that. So when it happened to me, I knew what the answer was, but I was like, but I also know from being a service advisor, if you catch a cool one, because I've done that where I kind of let people slide, because at the end of the day, I'm the one that's sitting behind the computer. So I have the power to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. Now, it all depends on who you catch. If you okay. catch somebody that's like, no, we, you can't, you're screwed. Okay. <laughs> so I called a few dealerships. And it's funny because when I was calling the dealerships, I would still tell them I'm a service advisor because we will have kind of that connection. And they would still be like, dude, you should already know. I'm like, yeah, but I'm just asking, <laughs> you know? So they told me no. I'm like, okay. So I called my aftermarket, the warranty company that sold me the extra warranty or whatever on the vehicle. They would not cover that issue because it is supposed to be under powertrain warranty. Mm-hmm. Do you hear that? So now I'm stuck in the middle. I have a car yeah. that I bought. Warranty didn't expire, but since I'm not the original owner, the warranty doesn't apply to me. And the warranty that I purchased said they will not fix that issue because the power, the factory warranty is supposed to cover that. So nobody's helping me at this point. Dang, could you go back to the original owner? Jeez. You know, so I had to call the dealership and tell them what's going on. They're like, oh, man, you know what? Just bring the car back to us. We will figure it out. But they kind of, you know, disappeared on me a little bit. You know, I already knew that something like that was probably going to happen because mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, they're looking at you like, well, you already signed the papers. You right. know, we're done with so, you. Yeah. So long story short, they didn't fix my issue. But I like to say God came through literally because um, now at this point, I had this car for like a whole month. It's not running. I just got it sitting, you know, parked by my, at my house while I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, first payment came. I couldn't make the payment. I thought that was weird. Like, what's up with that? I tried to make a payment. I called the bank. They could not find nothing that I own this car. I'm looking like, that is super weird. So I called the dealership and they're like, oh, don't worry about it. There was a mistake in the paperwork, but we got you. Okay. A week go by. Now the bank is calling me, calling me to verify if it was me who purchased the vehicle. I said, yeah. They're like, well, there was a mistake on the paperwork. So we rejected the loan. I'm like, what do you mean rejected? He's like, we rejected the loan. <laughs> so and that you, they means, let I'm you like, out of there with a car. Yes, I'm like, so you mean to tell me I've had this car for five weeks and there's no loan on it? He's like, no, that's why we're calling you. We're trying to get you to give us authorization to run your credit so we can get you approved for the car. I say, you want to get me approved for a car that's not running? No, absolutely not. <laughs> so wait, goes, does that mean that the original owner still is the owner? The dealership is the owner, so now they got to take their car back. <laughs> Yes. I know it sounds funny, but literally that's what happened to me. Literally. While they were playing with me, not trying to figure out what they would do for me or whatnot. Man. So this nightmare turns out not to be a nightmare. So you it turned into a dream. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. They they ended up getting their car back. I had I didn't owe nothing at all. Wait, wait, wait. How much money did you make? Because the car was working at one point. 
It made me about fifteen hundred bucks. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Please, please tell yes. the story more often. My goodness. Wow. But who would it's, have known? It's insane. It's yeah. insane. And it, it's it's um, I thought that was just something that happened to me only. So while it was happening to me and I was dealing with it, a friend of mine called me. Well, a friend of mine called me and he was going through the same thing, but he didn't know what to do. So when he called me, since I went through it, I knew how to fight stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. what happens is once the dealership, because once the bank called me and I told them I, was, I didn't want the car anymore, not to run my credit, they were like, okay, we're going to close this file. It's done. We're not running your credit because you told us no. I said, okay, cool. So then they have to reach out to the dealership and tell them, hey, he doesn't want the car no more. So y'all need to figure it out with him. Then what the dealership tried to do is they started running my credit with other banks. So I, thank God I got exp- um, experience. So I had a notification. So as I got there, I was like, whoa, they're trying to run my credit. So I went to my apps and, and locked all my bureaus. Okay. That's what I did. Okay. So when my friend called me and he was going through the same thing, I said, this is what you do. Since the bank called you, did, how long did they call you? He said, like, two minutes ago. I said, okay, as soon as we hang up the phone, lock all your bureaus right away. Right so, away. Wait, when you lock them, wait, wait, when you lock them, they can't pull your credit. Nope. Which so, means that they can't get any get type of authorization for a loan. Nope, not at all. And you learned and that in the credit course? No, it was just one of those. I kind of oh, commented. Oh, you knew it. Okay, like, all right. I understood how credit worked. So it was just yeah. like, hmm, I know if I like my credit, nobody can do that. But yeah, obviously, I, know, I learned that on the course. But at the very moment, it was just one of those. Yeah. Oh, dude, they're trying to run my credit. I need Calculating. to block them. So yeah. I did that and yeah. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. This has been really good. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> I really enjoyed this interview. Um, so I guess getting ready to to close out here so that the the listeners will have more to come back for at another time, my goodness. Absolutely. Tell us, um, tell me first, something that you want people to know before you leave this interview. So you have your course. Is there anything else that you want them to to know about you, to connect with you on? Is there anything else to offer? It's just anything. I just want to give you an opportunity to say whatever Absolutely. you'd like to say. Absolutely. I also do consultation calls so I can get on the phone with people and just basically they can tell me whatever it is that they need to know, whether it is uh, setting up an LLC, whether it is building business credit, or whether it is just doing the rental car stuff. So I can, I'll do, I do offer that as well. So okay. it's not just going to be the course. Yeah, I will do um phone calls, you know, the consultations and all that stuff. So, so yes. like a, a strategy type session. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So the course is coming. They can get a strategy call with you and you can be found on social media, giving out the game um, mm-hmm. at random times, I guess. It's, there's no real schedule, yep. right? Just whenever you. Yeah, it's usually like, late at night. Okay. We, night we, we be up late. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I've, I've been on there. So uh, tell us your social media handle, and then I have one more question for you. Yep. Uh, it is CEO Mo underscore no chill. No chill, N O C H I L L. Oh, that was my license plate. Where did no chill come from? <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> My license plate says no chill. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, wow. So the story behind no chill is because, so while me and my ex-wife were together, okay, the, the, the no chill story makes sense for people that know me. Okay. It makes sense because I was always the guy that nobody ever knew what vehicle I'm going to pull up in. So being a car guy, you know, here in Michigan, we only have one season for the cars, for the whole, you know, doing the car stuff, which is pretty much spring and summertime really but mainly it's summertime so in one year sometimes i'll pull up in three different cars and i've always had the cleanest mm-hmm. dopest and one of the fastest cars okay so and again i feel like the no chill name just fit me because it's like i have no chill you, you never know what i'm gonna do and i pull up in different cars all the time and i have a lot of cars so it was just kind of one of those so me and my ex-wife kind of came up with the name I put it on. I put it on my license plate. I've had that that license plate for five years now, and it just kind of stuck. But with my Instagram saying CEO Mo No Chill, now that I can't take credit for it because my older brother is the one that came up with it. He was like, "This sounds just sketchy." He's like, "The CEO, you know, you're gonna be a CEO. Yeah. Mo, obviously, everybody calls you Mo. No Chill, your license plate, and 
it just makes sense. That's just you. I was like, I like that. He's like, I do too. And then boom, I just got away with it. <laughs> nice. Your brother has played such a tremendous role in everything thus far. So like I said, kudos to him. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes. Everybody needs a brother like that. Seriously. Yeah, exactly. Um, how many um, siblings do you have? I came from a big family. <laughs> I came from a big family. So there's quite a few of us. All right. Okay. He, he can't even count anymore. Okay. I, I understand. <laughs> All right. You did tell us what descent you were from. So I already know about that. My goodness. Go. Yes, I know. <laughs> okay. So um, final question today before we go is what would you, what lesson would, what would you like to tell other entrepreneurs that they definitely need to know to just be in business, any type of business tip that you would like to give that you think they should know about? Okay. Well, before I say the business tip, I want to talk about the mindset. Okay. The mindset is very, very, very important. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do this whole entrepreneurship thing, you got to believe you can do it and you got to know you can do it because at the end of the day, you're going to have those, those days that are going to be super hard, super difficult, where you're going to question yourself. You're going to even ask yourself, what are you doing? I still have those days, even with all the cars that I got still making the money. I'll have days where I'm like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I'll quickly snap out of it. Because at the end of the day, we're all human. And uh, if you really just kind of go back and just think about how we were all brought up, we were technically just taught to go be employees. So it's going to be hard to fight that battle of just trying to get out of it, even while being an entrepreneur. So you just got to always make sure you tell yourself that you can do it. It's going to be hard, but you can do it. Mm -hmm. Now, a business tip, treat your business like a business. Mm -hmm. That's really it. Because at the end of the day, most of us, you know, a lot of people try not to treat their business like a real business. And what I mean by that is, especially like in the rental car, it's really any business, but like in the rental car business, if your friend comes to get a vehicle from you, naturally, you're going to be like, let me give you a discount. Let me do this. Let me do that. No, nah, you got to cut that out. You can't do that. Because at the end of the day, if you don't treat your business like a real business, why would your customers treat you like a real business owner? So just treat your business like a real business, meaning if you got, you know, procedures and stuff, follow it, no matter who it is. Yes. You do it that way, you should have success and people, nobody will ever question what you do. Some some may feel like you're an able for it, but at the end of the day, I'm running my business the right way, so you can take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the people that are giving you trouble, those are not the customers you want to have anyways. So exactly. yeah, just treat it like a real business. All right. All right. CEO Mo, no chill. Whew, this was a good interview. So I am so grateful to have um, the honor of interviewing you. I know you're going so much further. I don't even know how many cars you're going to end up with. I don't know how many more businesses you're going to build. I mean, like, I don't know why I see like 40 cars. I don't know if you said that to me, but did you say that to me? Where did I get that from? I don't know. But I want to have a lot of cars. I will have a lot of cars. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sometimes these things come to me, but I see like at least 40 cars and just, Let's go. oh my gosh. So um, we'll, we will all be staying tuned um, to what you're doing and um, we're, we're going we're gonna to be seeing you. So everyone that's watching and listening, we thank you all for being here with us today share this out because someone needs to hear this information and or watch it you guys are here tuning into entrepreneurs speak with tamika james and i want to say once again thank you to ceo mo no chill for being here with us today so thank you and goodbye awesome. everyone thank you so much and i'll talk to you next time all right Bye. underground is underground biz group